When are labels beneficial? I don't know. I I don't like labels, but I, I recognize how important they are for us to be able to determine whether someone's safe or not. So I recognize the value of a label. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Generation X versus Generation Alpha. Yes. Today we're going to talk a little bit about parenting and family and the goodness that is Generation Alpha. I love it. I I live for Generation Alpha memes because I'm living with it times two, okay? I, I have two little Generation Alpha demons in my household and I love it. I'm, I'm like at a zoo just watching with my popcorn and my soda and I'm completely enamored and amazed with everything they do. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 generations, like the generation naming game, I love it. Generation X, baby boomers, millennials, generation Z, I love it. And for years, I'm a member of Generation X, we were completely ignored, you know. And it goes, if you if you know anything about what makes Generation X, Generation X, of course, of course we were ignored, right? We were latchkey kids, we were ignored, uh, <laughs> we were neglected, and um, that was all normal and okay. And I, I laugh because some of the things that I went through as a child, oh my gosh, I'd be locked up if, if, if it was... Uh, if the same thing was happening with my kids. And I don't even say that in a way where I, I look at my childhood in, you know, disdain. I don't. I had an amazing childhood. My parents are amazing. My family is amazing. So, but I remember riding in the back of a pickup truck, you know, no seatbelts. Uh, you, you go over a bump and if we lose somebody, oh, well, right? But I remember a lot of the things and it was just a different time back then. And I, I grew up... I was born in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Okay, that was that was my childhood and and um, childhood and adolescence. And times were just different. And of course, we always look back with nostalgia at the times where we were children, where we didn't have mortgage payments and we didn't have bills and we didn't have, you know, all the worries that we have now. We look at it with a fondness, but, you know, times were just as horrible or evil or good back then. I mean, but that's, you know, times weren't better. They were just different. And we remember them with a fondness. Uh, I even see that with my kids today. I mean, <laughs> I laugh because they'll be like, remember when we did this? That was so much fun. I remember those days. And it's it's so cute because it's like you've been on this earth all of but a breath. <laughs> we're already waxing nostalgia about when we were three. Great. <laughs> so, but I love it. I love the dichotomy between Generation X and Generation Alpha. And you know, I went to my girl chat GBT because for me, she's a girl. I don't know what she is for you, but for me, she's a girl. She is. I'm sorry. I just, when I imagine chat GBT, I imagine her feminine. I just do. But I went to my girl chat GPT to get some facts. Um, so Generation Alpha, if you don't already know, and hey, welcome and welcome back to Live Love Lux, manifesting the life unlimited with your lovely host, Nicole. 
So if you are unfamiliar, Generation Alpha, these are kids, people, individuals born between 2010 and 2025. So we still got a whole, what, two years of kids that are be, will be considered Generation Alpha. So if you're pregnant now, your kid will be Generation Alpha. Um, and I didn't like that, you know, ChatGPT just totally like aged me and she was like, they're children of millennials. Well, I'm not a millennial. I had kids late in life. <laughs> I mean, I had these last two late in life. Um, but as the children of millennials, you know, uh, they are growing up in a world heavily influenced by technology and digital advancements. Like even my kids call themselves iPad kids. And I've seen that term used, but it was funny to hear them use it. And they're well aware of Generation Alpha, Generation... They make fun of me and they'll be like, oh, mom, that's so 20... That's so 2000s. That's so 20, uh, 2020, mom. Like if I say something that's slightly... <laughs> slightly outdated, which I often do. Um, but early exposure to smartphones, tablets, and educational apps because, hey, here, kid, learn how to code... <laughs> make your mama proud go out there and code the next website right um uh this shaped their learning experiences generation alpha is expected to be the most technologically immersed and globally connected generation to date so juxtaposed to generation x even though i find people in my generation to be the ones who have been on the cutting edge of technology a lot of people that I came up with went into tech careers and tech fields um, in some way, shape, or form, either, you know, in the front or in the back, you know, like um, in the back end or the front end. So I found that I would say that as Generation X was kind of like the dreamers of what the possibilities are, and they started building out to the AI technology that we have today and, uh, you know, but they don't give us that credit. Um, they uh, Generation X, born between the mid-1960s and the early 1980s, um, you know, grew up during a time when uh, personal computing was emerging. I remember my mom bringing home, you know, a Mac. And it would be like, I remember learning everything I could possibly learn about it. I remember even before that, before she brought that home, she worked uh, for a university. We had Atari, we had Nintendo, we had the gaming systems. And so when, you know, she started bringing like the word processor and stuff like that, like that is my wheelhouse. So I, I was exposed to technology and I generally don't, you know, I don't have a fear of it, even though, um, you know, one of the things that they, I guess that typify our generation is we experienced the transition from the traditional landline phones to the rise of mobile phones, while Gen Alpha is growing up in an era of instant messaging, video calls, and social media. And that is true. I mean, I feel like I've run the gamut of phones. I, I, I laugh with my kids and I say, look, I didn't even have, when I was your age, I didn't even have a phone, a cell phone. We didn't have cell phones. We had landlines. We called people. Um, we had party lines. Oh my gosh. I, I got party line tales. Party lines were the thing when I was like 13, 14 years old. But I remember my first mobile phone was the size of a small briefcase and it held a charge for like five minutes and you could plug it into the, um, 
plug it into the uh, cigarette lighter in your car. Um, I remember having a pager. I had several pagers. I remember pager, like pager language, you know, where you turn it upside down, you could say hello. <laughs> Those were the days. We were very creative people, very creative people. But I remember all these things to now I have an iPhone, you know, and it's, it is funny how over the course of my lifetime, things have changed. And these are things that my kids will never, you know, experience. Um, and it's, it's funny. It, it's funny. It's interesting, um, you know, to kind of have that learning curve with my kids because they like, for example, you know, I I went back to school and learned how to code. And I'm very much interested in AI and uh, prompt engineering and stuff. But I was looking at what my kids are into. And I was like, I, I just didn't imagine like they're into things like Roblox and, um, you know, uh, a lot of visually stimulating like uh, cartoon anime type um, programs. And I never imagined that they would be into some of the things, some of the things that they pick up and that they're interested in, some of the things that they watch. That's where, like, I'm sitting next to them watching it and I'm like, oh my, you know. Um, you know, I just, and and then books. Now, they're interested in books and they, they read and they can read, thank goodness, um, despite the pandemic. <laughs> you know, you have the pandemic, pandemic when your children are starting off at kindergarten. It is not good. It is not good. Those, those like, year and a half when they're at home, and, you know, and oh, it was the worst, but I digress. Um, but yes, I'm so thankful that they can read and that they can write. And I'm actually teaching my kids how to do cursive. I, I give them tests. I'll be like, what did I write? And it's so funny to me because I remember in kindergarten being chosen to learn how to write in cursive. And it was such an honor. Um, and I have I have some pretty good handwriting if you don't, you know, if I don't say so myself but I will say so I do have good handwriting um but as a parent I debated whether or not to teach my kids about manifesting and creating your own reality because I did not I would not say that I was taught I learned I, I'm self-taught right and you know when you know better you do better I believe in that but I also believe in the journey like I'm a fundamental a believer in the power of having a journey and I think I don't want I didn't want to rob them of that of the going up and down but you know my journey started in traditional religion and you know I've I t they've been to church they've been to you know Sunday school they they have exposure to to you know Christianity um and I've taught them certain things about the, the types of things that I'm into and they're kind of little mini conspiracy theorists as well. But I didn't, like I said, I debated how much did I want them to know what I know or for them to discover it. Because the one thing that I've recognized is that, and you can maybe even see this with like uh, baby boomers and like, um, or used to the generation, like the hippie generation and stuff like that, is sometimes if you try to impart your traditions or the way you think on your children, then they rebel against it. 
And I don't want them to rebel against me. You know, I made decisions about how I was going to discipline them. And I just wanted to be different. And again, in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster, Nikki. Like, just totally throw, throw out all that you, you know, were taught as a kid or that you even experienced and just say, you know, I'm going to do it my way. But, you know, that is that is the challenge of being a parent, right? You, you never know if what you're going to do is going to be valuable or relatable or going to work. And my one of my favorite jokes from the great Chris Rock is, well, it's geared to men, but I just want to keep my daughters off the pole, right? So, so, and uh, that thought echoes in my head every time, like, every time I, I I help them make a choice that to, to, to diverge them off of that but and there's no shame it's just a joke right but um I want them to make their own choices and their own decisions and I want them to have the freedom of not having to be in survival mode to make those choices and decisions I think one of the benefits I had in my childhood is that I wasn't necessarily raised um to be in survival mode. I was able to go and experience things for what it's worth and able to like have these great fantasies and these great like, you know, trips into other worlds and to other experiences. And I'm so thankful for my parents being able to provide that for me in some way, shape or form. And then also at least teaching me to appreciate things outside of myself. And that's what I try to do for them. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes our biggest, you know, run-ins is like I've set I'll, I'll set up things for them, you know, hey, want, let's try an instrument. Let's let's try this particular sport. Let's do that and they're like, "No." And it's like, "Ah, I want to respect that, but then I feel like if I don't make them do something, then, you know, I don't want them to be couch potatoes in 20 years from now because they don't have any hobbies or skills outside of, you know, what they what the what they choose to entertain themselves with so that's I feel like that's my challenge I feel like as a whole generation alpha I feel is very educated and very savvy I I like the opinionated nature that my daughters display to me even if it kind of irritates me and I want to pull my hair out sometimes I like the fact that they tell me exactly what they like and exactly what they want and you know, they stand their ground and they fight for things that are important to them. And I hope that skill and I hope that passion stays with them throughout their life because I think they're going to need it looking at the way the world is. They're going to need to have that definiteness of purpose and that passion for whatever that they believe in, for whatever that they, I love it, for, for, for whatever they believe in, in order to get it done. So I really try to nurture that in my kids. And, you know, as a generation Xer, you know, I am, I definitely feel as if I am right. The, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm a typical uh, generation Xer. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, uh, I, I started to go into that a little bit. Um, but some fun facts 
latchkey generation. Many Gen Xers experienced a childhood where both parents worked, leading to a higher likelihood of being latchkey kids coming home from school to an empty house. Technology transition. Uh, we experienced we experienced analog to digital uh, technology. Grew up with traditional forms like cassette tapes and VHS tapes, but embraced the emergence of personal computers and early uh, internet. You know, the one thing I wish I had not necessarily invested in was CDs. I had quite the CD collection, and you know, I still kept some of them because <laughs> because. Spent so much money. I had a Columbia House subscription and everything. Like I spent quite a bit of money on CDs. Um, oh gosh, remember when CDs were like twenty and forty dollars when they came out? Gosh, I mean, <laughs> and when there's like yeah, everything's moving to like digital MP3s and stuff. You can just keep it right on your computer. And I'm thinking, of course you can. You know, I've spent a small fortune in my CD collection. I was quite proud of, and. Um, Oh, well, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yep. Uh, so Generation X was shaped by significant cultural events like the end of the Cold War, which even though ChatGPT thinks that's important, I, I, I remember in passing, like I, even though I like history, I never really understood the Cold War until much later in life. The rise of MTV, popularity of grunge, see... If this is written from my perspective, it been the popularity emergence of hip-hop and rap, you know, and the advent of personal computing. Uh, due to societal changes, many Gen Xers developed a reputation for being independent, entrepreneurial. I've started my fair million, <laughs> my fair share of a million businesses, not million dollar businesses, but I've had about a million, uh, a million business ideas. Um entrepreneurial and self-reliant they navigated economic uncertainties and changes in the job market yes been through several several job market uh changes no jobs a thousand jobs no jobs uh you know changes in uh financial situations and economy we've been through it we've been through it as a generation generation Xers are known for seeking a better work-life balance than their predecessors they value flexibility in their careers and often prioritize family life and i think it's that whole latchkey kid thing that was one thing as a parent i wanted to make sure that i was home with my kids a good portion not now mind you i know i know a lot can happen after school when nobody's around okay and um, and like I said, I only have 10 year olds. Uh, the worst is yet to come, believe me, or the best is yet to come. Right. But, um, you know, I always wanted to be that mom that was there when the kids got home. I don't always have the cookies baking. I try, but it's important to me. Um, it's important for them to be able to tell me what they did in school, you know, and how everything worked out or the stresses and the trauma as well. I, I want to hear it all. Um, so growing up in a time of societal upheaval, Generation Xers are often characterized by a skeptical and pragmatic worldview. They value authenticity and are less likely to conform to traditional norms. Um, and it's, it's funny, like whenever I, and this is a stereotype as are most things, but you know, whenever I see a meme and I see somebody who's like my age and they have like different colored hair, I'm like, this is going to be about Gen X. <laughs> it's like there's a there is a uniform it's like a band t-shirt different colored hair some piercings um you know and it's like this is going to be about gen x and 
nine times out of ten, whatever that post, meme, or, you know, reel is, it is about Gen X usually. Uh, so while growing up with traditional forms of communication, Gen Xers adapted quickly to the digital area, becoming early adopters of email, instant messaging, and mobile phones. As parents, Gen Xers are often more involved and hands-on than previous generations. They've embraced parenting philosophies that emphasize close relationships with their children. Now, in my world, I have the benefit of being a Gen Xer who had young kids because I had my first child when I was 19, 20, 20, 20 years old. And um, so I was the youthful parent at one point with three children, stair-step kids, you know, so I have that benefit. But then also to have the children later in life, I have the benefit of that as well, because now I contrast the two. And, you know, I was a maniac when I was younger, but now I, I don't necessarily have the stamina and energy that I had back then, but I have the wisdom, I hope anyway to be a better parent now than I was when I was younger. So, you know, but my situation's different anyway, because I'm a care, you know, I, I, I also caretake, I take care of my young adults and my, you know, my young people in my household. So, so it's a different experience, but that early childhood is pretty much the same experience, you know, the work-life balance trying, you know, hey, I've got to be at the daycare at five, but my job ends at six. What shall I do? You know, all those things were, were dilemmas that I never really enjoyed dealing with. Um, and, you know, tried to, most of my entrepreneurial pursuits were ways to be flexible and have my own schedule so I didn't have to make those decisions because those were the worst decisions, you know? And many times I, I'm, I, and I don't know how many other Gen Xers can identify, but I chose my kids over my job many times. Many times if it's, it came down to Nick, you have to work late and, you know, versus go and pick up my kid and I didn't have anybody that could, you know, stand in the gap for me on a particular day, then I chose my kids. You know, so I, um, there was one, one defining moment for me, if you will, where I had chosen to leave my children somewhere that I didn't, I wasn't, it, it wasn't appropriate in my gut. And, you know, you're getting the red flags and you got the intuition like, Nikki, is it worth it? If something happens, you know, God forbid, if something happens to your children in, in this person's care. Is it going to be worth the the kudos you get at the, the, the job? You know, and the job, is, it was never that important to me as my kids were. So I had that defining moment and, and I chose to never let a job make me put my kids someplace that I felt was unsafe. So on that note, I'm over my 20 minute mark. And um, I just wanted to kind of talk about that from a perspective and just, you know, I don't even know if I introduced myself. Live Love Lux, Manifesting Life Unlimited. I'm your lovely host, Nicole. And this is the end of the episode. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And hey, welcome to your life. Talk to you soon.